We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible Podcast, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver, and joining me as always, Justin Mello, and it is Draft Week, baby, an exciting time in the NFL, probably the best week of the offseason, in my opinion. And here we are, Justin and Justin, ready to do the same thing we did last year, dueling seven-round mock drafts. Justin, you excited? I am very excited. This is one of my favorite episodes we do uh, yearly. I love the dueling mock draft. Excited to revisit it in a year of time, two years, even three years from now and see who had the better haul. Uh, without further ado, I think you wanted to get into last year's. Am I correct? Yeah, let's take a look here. We go pick by pick. We both took Caleb Farley with pick 1.22. So props to us. We nailed that uh, from a projection standpoint. And I also think... Over the next year and a half or two, we'll see that the talent also bears out that being a good pick. Do you want to gloat on that for a sec before I move on? (laughs) It's pretty funny that we both picked Caleb Farley there, and that was the pick the Titans ended up making. Obviously, you know, Farley didn't get to contribute much as a rookie, uh, you know, was was getting back from injury and then suffered another season-ending injury just as he was getting healthy. Uh, but it was really interesting to hear John Robinson and Mike Rabel talk about him this past week, right? If our listeners, I'm sure, paid close attention to that press conference they had. I think Mike Rabel specifically said that Farley was light years ahead of where he was a year ago this time of year. That's exactly what you want to hear from rookies or rookies who are becoming sophomores, of course. Reminds me a little of the Christian Fulton development plan, right? Where Fulton mm-hmm. really didn't contribute as a rookie, took a huge step forward as a sophomore. So that's obviously on the sunnier side of things. You know, that may be best case scenario uh, for Farley, but I do think it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think that that's what we should all expect. And that's basically why the Titans don't really have a need at cornerback entering this year's draft. Um, Although they may take a day three guy. Maybe one of you or me will take a day three guy at that position. And we'll see. Um, The rest of our drafts here, you didn't have any more correct, I mean, correct, whatever, like any more players the Titans actually picked. I somehow got Rashad Weaver in the fifth round, which is a round <laughs> after the Titans actually ended up picking him. Um, neither one of us matched any other Titans. As far as like good players who are who did something as rookies, uh, Peyton Turner for you in the third round, uh, he ended up going in the first round. So that was a pretty big steal according to the, the value of the draft. And then we both picked Trey Smith, who was a pretty integral part of Kansas City's O-line last year. And um, I guess I had Demetric Felton towards the end of the draft, who made a few plays as a rookie, but nothing super noteworthy. The rest of these guys, I mean, let's be honest. How many guys in a draft are good? 30 out of like 150, 200 people that get drafted? Like, it's not 30 be... might be a little on the low end. I think. I don't know if it's just 30, <laughs> but depends on your overall, how, how tough of a critic you are, I guess. But uh, I, I will say that I, I don't think, you, I mean, you know what? We did get Caleb Farley. We got a starter on the O-line and Trey Smith. Uh, both of us did in the third round. You got Weaver and Felton, but I wonder if both of us would be on the hot seat in real life entering <laughs> entering our next draft. So you and I both got to hit it out of the park in 2022 if we want to keep our metaphorical jobs as armchair general managers 
And uh, without further ado, maybe we should get into the dueling mock. Yeah, that's a great segue to get us into it. So let's start then. Titans on the clock at 26. We're going to do the same thing we did last year. We are using the Draft Network's mock draft machine. Obviously. Let it roll. Yes, of course. We got to do the cross promotion for your employer over there at the uh, the Draft Network. And however it shakes out, it's how it shakes out. We're not going to hit refresh. We're not going to start over. If some weird things that we don't expect to happen on Thursday happen in this mock draft, guess what? That's how the draft goes every single year. So we're just going to let it roll with whatever happens here. And the Titans are now on the clock. It looks like there are some interesting options available. Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis both drafted, but Kenny Pickett still on the board. Um, Zion Johnson is not on the board. Traylon Burks and Chris Olave both drafted already. Trevor Penning drafted already. It looks like if we wanted to go with an interior offensive lineman, Kenyon Green is available. If we wanted to go with a quarterback, like a lot of Titans fans think is possible, Kenny Pickett on the board, along with Sam Howell. And then at wide receiver, the top guys available look like Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, George Pickens, Christian Watson. Um, so with that, I'll turn it over to you for your first selection in the dueling mock, and then I will make mine after that. This is of course you're making me go first, huh? Look at <laughs> no, this is tough. The board hasn't, you know, but this is potentially a realistic scenario, right? This board, this board, in my opinion, has not played out um in favor of Tennessee not one bit I would say the four best players on the board and I, I know people aren't you know aren't looking at our screen obviously but I would say the four best players uh or four of the best players on the board not the best but four of the best players on the board are all defensive players here I, I really like mm. Daxton Hill the safety out of Michigan I think he's got some do-it-all potential that any defense uh, could could benefit from. I really like uh, the safety from Georgia. He's on the board here as well. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. I'm a huge fan of his. Got a top 10 grade on him. We all know every Titans fan wants Tennessee to draft a linebacker at 26 overall on Thursday. So, and then uh, I said four, you also got, uh, you got N'Kobe Dean here on the board, David Jabo, but I don't think I can go with a defender. I, I, I just can't, not with this, the state of Tennessee's current offense. Uh, I've got a really high grade on Texas A&M's Kenyon Green. I think that's a guy that can come in and, and, and is a plug-and-play guy at left guard. Played a lot of left tackle for Texas A&M. He's a road grader. He's a guy that really fits their, you know, that that scheme. And I think overall their profile of a guy that's a really, really good, you know, high-quality run blocker. I think a guy that Derrick Henry would really enjoy running behind. So, uh, you know, I was hoping Chris Olave would be there or even Traylon Burke, certainly even maybe a Zion Johnson, although I took a guy that plays the same position, but uh, I'm going to go with Kenyon Green here. Well, I wish I had something to argue with you about, but I had been eyeing Kenyon Green from the moment this board fell this way. A lot of Titans fans will want us to draft Kenny Pickett here, I think, but I would rather build up this offensive line let Ryan Tannehill run it back another year with with some protection upgrades and maybe we'll get some wide receiver upgrades. Obviously, Robert Woods in the fold. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Kenyon Green, everything you just said. I would expect Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson. I mean, we did our rankings last week. Those were our two most likely guys that we said. So if one of these receivers, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, if neither of those guys are on the board at 26, I really think interior O-line is where this team is headed. And with that, I will also take Kenyon Green. So it rolls. The board is rolling on. We have a, a second to wait here because the Titans don't pick in the second round. We're not doing trades because we're just not. It's just, in my opinion, it's silly to mock trades because undoubtedly 
20, 30, who knows how many trades are going to happen on draft day, but it's so impossible to predict when and where, what teams would actually want to move up or down the board. A lot of Titans fans are going to be in favor of trading back with that first pick, but that's like, we say this every single year. It's like when you're picking in the 20s, especially the late 20s, it's like the ideal thing is obviously going to be to trade back, pick up another second round or third round pick, because at that point in the draft, like your favorite players have been drafted. That's just how it works. And this class doesn't exactly scream oh, I, I, got, I want to trade up. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think Adam Schefter actually put out a report today saying there are more teams that want to trade back than there are teams that want to trade up. And, I mean, that's not shocking at all, right? A lot of teams, I think, should want to trade down, uh, whereas that, that's not the case at all, uh, I think, for teams wanting to trade up. Are, are we on the clock here at 90? We are now on the clock at 90. George Pickens was drafted pretty while ago in the second round. Christian Watson drafted it a while ago. Um Interesting tight ends here. Isaiah likely has been taken off the board, but Trey McBride still sits there ready wow. to be drafted. Cam Jurgens is gone. A lot of Titans fans like him. Cole Strange. We got our interior alignment, so it, it's not a huge deal that we missed on these guys, but I know a lot of Titans fans would like them. John Mechie is not available, so that would be probably a lot of people's top receiver here. Calvin Austin but, and Wendell Robinson are gone as well, it appears. Yeah. So wide receivers on the board, we got Khalil Shakir, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert. Quarterbacks on the board, Carson Strong is there. Um, I don't know if the Titans are looking at an edge. Tyreek Smith is on the board. Tackles, Abraham Lucas from Washington State. Zach Tom are both on the board. A lot of people like both of those guys. Um, and then, like I said, tight end, Trey McBride is on the board. Greg Dulcich from UCLA is on the board. Jeremy Ruckert, who some people have as tight end one. He's Bleacher Reports. Tight end one is on the board. The tight ends are there. The question is, if you don't pick one here at 90, do they make it to the Titans' next pick in the fourth round? 131 is the next pick. That, that, is, that is tough. You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and, and, and take a risk here. I, I know exactly who you're going to take. So I'm going to switch it up. I really like... Some of the tight ends are on the board. So I'm going to take a chance and wait and see if I can get one a little bit later. Uh, I'm not so keen on the receiver options that remain on the board. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the professional between the two of us here, between you and I, I'm going to make the wise decision. I'm going to analyze my board and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a player at a position that I think is not as deep currently. I'm going to go with Jalen Colbert, the wide receiver from South Alabama, think he's a, a a really intriguing receiver, a guy that really was that offense uh, in 2021 South Alabama. I mean, the numbers he put up were just silly. Uh, he, he was option one, two, and three on essentially every passing play. Had a really good underrated combine. I, I don't think we quite talk about that enough. There were so many big combine performances that a lot of those guys uh, unfortunately got lost in the shuffle. But I really like Jalen Tolbert. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get my receiver at 26. Uh, that I think most Titan fans uh, want, you know, with, with Traylon Burks or Chris Olave, potentially Jameson Williams, of course. But I'm going to come back here and take Jalen Tolbert. I feel really good about my two-round haul so far, uh, getting Kenyon Green and Jalen Tolbert. And you knew exactly where I was going, um, and you were correct. I had my eye on this guy. I mean, Titans fans are probably sick and tired of me talking about the potential for a tight end at number 26. But if you can get the guy at pick 90 that you were eyeing at 26, I think that's a huge win. So I have decided to take tight end Trey McBride out of Colorado State, even with Dulcich and Kate Otten and Jeremy Ruckert and all those guys still sitting on the board. As we now have moved along to pick 131, every single one of those tight ends that you probably liked 
did go off the board between 90 and 131. I don't know wow. how realistic that is in real life, but the mock draft machine here has simulated a run on tight end. So I'm happy to have got Trey McBride with my second pick. So your two picks right now, Kenyon Green and Jalen Tolbert, interior offensive line and wide receiver. My two picks, also Kenyon Green and Trey McBride. So I've got an interior line and a tight end. So we're beefing up the offense here. Um, I went, We went slightly different positions there, but... Now we sit here, pick uh, 131 in the fourth round, and um, the options are dwindling because that's what happens in a draft. But Jelani Woods went pick uh, 130 right before us. <laughs> yeah, Jelani Woods, I certainly would have taken there. Who else? Like Kate Auden went. Uh, I think I had my eye on Jeremy Rucker. Like they all went, eh, before. Yeah, uh... they all went. Dulcich. 97 to the Lions, Ruckert 103 to the Chiefs, Otten 106 to the Jags, and Jelani Woods right before us to the Bills. I hate being a general manager. I think I'm going to quit. Um, so you got me here at the overall board. I'm going to go with uh, offensive tackle here. I know I've already got a guard, but I'm going to go with tackle Rasheed Walker from Penn State. Just talking about a guy that's got 32 career starts at left tackle, you know, for a high level program. Uh, I think he's a, a good quality player that has a chance to, de uh, to develop uh, into a very decent left tackle here. So I'll, I'll take Rasheed Walker. Nice. Nice. Um, in case anyone was wondering, James Cook is off the board. I was looking at him. Um, there are some linebackers here, but I don't, again, if the Titans spend a fourth round pick on a linebacker, I guess that's not crazy. They could do that. Uh, but I'm going to take Danny Gray, wide receiver from SMU, because I don't want to get too deep into this draft without taking a wide receiver. So, Yeah, Gray's got crazy measurables. Uh, he had big uh, testing at the combine. He's, he's a big-bodied receiver. Had a really big year for SMU. Um, it, that offense was was high-octane. They, they threw the ball a ton. They had Grant Calcaterra, the tight end as well. So they had a lot of weapons um, on that offense. They, they threw and they, and they really made use of them. They threw the ball so much. Um, Danny Gray, you know, doesn't run the cleanest routes is still definitely a developing route runner. They didn't ask him to really run a full route tree. It's a bit of a, a simplistic offense. So there's an acclimation period there, but you do love, uh, you, you do really love the, uh, the, the, the upside with Danny Gray, the athletic profile as well. And we have moved on to the Titans second fourth round pick, their compensatory pick, which is 143 overall. And, uh, Pretty much the same group of options there. It's only 12 picks later. So looking at potentially going to the defensive wow. side now. Both of us have made picks entirely on offense so far. I keep getting uh, hurt here with the tight ends. I, I keep saying I'm going to wait. I was going to take Daniel Bellinger, a tight end uh, from San Diego State with this selection, who went in this, uh, of course, metaphorical mock. He went four picks before here at 139 to the Baltimore Ravens. So I had Jelani Woods go one pick before, and now Bellinger go four picks before. In case you missed my report a couple weeks ago, the Titans did have Bellinger in for a top 30 private visit. So I do think right. he's a guy that they like. They, they could target him uh, in the mid-rounds. But that's not an option for me at this point. You know, I, I'll take the Maryland tight end here. I'll take Chigo Okonkwo. Uh, I, I am a fan of his. I think he's a move tight end. They, they did a little bit of everything with him uh, there at Maryland. He played in line. He played H back. He played the Y. They really moved him um, all around, all over their formation. So, geez, you're seeing a theme with my draft here. I've got two offensive linemen uh, and two pass catchers, right, with, with Jalen Tolbert uh, and, and Chig. So uh, I'll feel pretty good about taking the tight end here. 
All right, and with that, I'm going to take Ty Chandler, the running back from North Carolina slash Tennessee, who local fans will probably remember, uh, because he can pass protect, and the Titans need a potentially third down running back if, um, you know, things don't work out with Dontrell Hilliard or if he gets injured or it's just nice to have a guy on the roster in case somebody gets hurt. So I'm going to take Ty Chandler. You've gone ahead and got filled your tight end hole there with Aquanco. And so we are back on the board now. Fifth round pick 169, getting into the back half of this draft now and uh, maybe drafting for depth and special teams. Smoke Monday goes right before our pick. I had my eye on him. When you got a I name like you Smoke, you're going to be a good player. It's just that simple. I got to interview Smoke Monday, and he lives up to the name. He's got... He's a, he's a physical, aggressive defender, and he's got that mindset. So I'm excited to watch Smoke Monday play at the next level. All right, so we're looking at the board with one pick 169 now. Um, a few notable names that I recognize that are still on the board here. Romeo Daubs from Nevada, the wide receiver, who was a really great deep ball guy. Bo Melton, wide receiver from Rutgers, still on the board. Um, there are a couple linebackers in this range. Zacoby McLean from Auburn. Micah McFadden from Indiana. I'm I'm gonna go with a corner here, actually. If you take me back to the top there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh Monteric Brown from Arkansas. You know, I think day three is always a good day to take a chance on on cornerbacks. You can never have enough. You know, this guy is uh, is a boundary guy, which I really like about him. I think they're pretty set inside. You know, with guys like Elijah Molden and, and Chris Jackson can play the nickel as well. I think Monteric Brown has a chance to play outside corner at the next level. He was always around the football uh, at Arkansas. So I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of his, you know, playing in the SEC. Uh, this is a big deal. So I'll, I'll go with Monteric Brown. And I, I think um, he's a guy that has a chance to develop into a long-term outside guy for them. Nice. Monteric Brown, cornerback, Arkansas. And my pick is going to be Micah McFadden, the linebacker from Indiana, just to add depth to the linebacking room and, and a potential key special teams player is the reason that I'm making that pick. Um, but you went with Monteric Brown. And the board continues to roll on. And now the Titans again on the clock. Pick 204, round six. We got just two picks left, this one, and one more round six pick. So we're uh, looking to fill out the back end of our roster. There's Jalen Weidemeyer on the board, Texas A&M tight end, who was once heralded as the top tight end in this class. And then the testing process happened, and now he's potentially not even going to be drafted. So uh, pretty interesting how things shake out once you get the testing numbers in. But what are you looking at here as you try to make your sixth round pick, second to last pick of this draft? I'm going to go with another defender. I'm going to double down on the secondary here. I'm going to take Oregon's safety, Verone McKinley. Uh, Verone McKinley is pretty impressive on tape. I think he's a guy that reads the game at extremely high level, really good football IQ. I don't think the measurables are eye-popping or the testing is eye-popping. But when I watch him, I just get the feel that he's a good football player and that he's a guy that has a chance to outperform his draft slot uh, at the next level. I, I really like that Oregon program and what they've done with their defensive backs lately. If you look over the past couple of years, uh, Diamador Lenore, uh, mm -hmm. you know, getting drafted, Thomas Graham Jr. Getting drafted, um, uh, uh, Javon Holland, of course, who's, who's a superstar in the making with the Miami Dolphins. Now you fast forward to this year and you got guys like uh, Verone McKinley, who I just took here. You got Michael Wright, who's a corner in this class. 
uh, for them that's going to get drafted. That's been a really good secondary. And I feel like most of these guys have something in common, which is that they've been outperforming their draft slot. Right. I, I certainly think that's true of, of uh, the, the San Francisco corner a year ago. And, and I would also say that about Javon Holland, you know, even though he went, I, I believe it was in the second round. I mean, <laughs> that's a first round safety, right. The way he's been playing in the NFL. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that program. I like what they're doing with their defensive backs. I think Verone McKinley will turn out to be a pretty good player on day three here. Nice. So you take Verone McKinley. And I'm going to go with the safety as well, but a different guy because I love his name and I've seen some buzz about him on Twitter. I'm going to take Bubba Bolden, the Miami safety here in the sixth round because, again, we're just trying to fill out the back end of the roster and the special teams um, with low expectation for these guys to actually make an impact in the league. Fun story. I actually interviewed Bubba Bolden, I think about a year ago while he was still at the University of Miami. This was ahead of the 2021 draft and he didn't end up declaring, but I can tell you this, Bubba's a great guy. He's got a, a good head on his shoulders and uh, uh, he's a competitor. So that's, that's not a bad pick on, on, on your part at all. As I try to project what the Titans would do, I'm reminded of last year when they took Brady Breeze towards the end of the draft as a uh, just basically a special teams guy who got picked up midseason and is no longer a Titan. But uh, that's just yeah, how it goes. Yeah, who did he? It was the D- Detroit Lions, I think, picked up uh, but, right. um, Brady Breeze. Yeah, I think that's right. So we are now arriving at our last pick, our final pick of the draft. Got here quicker than I expected, to be honest. Um, not the final pick, but the Titans' final pick. Round six, pick 219 overall. There are still some needs we haven't filled. Uh, you don't have a linebacker. I don't have a cornerback. Um, neither one of us took an edge rusher at any point. You didn't take a running back at any point. Um, but can, of you course show me, can you show me edge, running back, D-tackle? Those three positions out of curiosity. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take Michigan defensive tackle, Chris Hinton, here at my final pick. Uh, Chris Hinton, the second, I should call him, you know, his father was a good college football player. Uh, Chris Hinton, if you watch Michigan tape, uh, did a lot of the dirty work down there uh, and that for that Michigan defensive line. You know, he was flanked, obviously, by a pair of really good edge rushers in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. But if you watch the film, I felt like uh, Hinton, you know, did his job and, and helped free those guys up. He took on blocks. He ate up double teams. He stuffed the run at an extremely high level. I know, you know, Titans are pretty deep at D tackle, but uh, I think they like those types. Chris Hinton is a guy that can come in, uh, you know, battle for a spot on the roster and potentially, uh, you know, help them stuff the run uh, going forward. Ooh, Bailey, you should think you should think Bailey Zappy. Just think I, Gordon. I thought about Bailey Zappy, but <laughs> nah. So you're taking Chris Hinton into your D line, Michigan. I'm going to go ahead and take a cornerback from Oregon, Michael Wright who is a projected slot corner. I mean, this is, a, again, Titans MO kind of thing. Late-round cornerback who can play the slot and play special teams. And, uh, again, like you mentioned from that Oregon secondary, someone who could have some some potential staying power in the league, even if yeah. he is a, a late sixth-round pick. 17 career pass breakups for Michael Wright, nine of them in 2020. Took a bit of a step back in 2021, but I do think he's an NFL defender. Yeah, I was surprised to see him this far down because I remember he had a great sophomore season there at Oregon and kind of, I think he was uh, all Pac-12 that season and kind of a big deal. And then, like you said, fell off in 2021. But there we go. We did it. We we did a couple of drafts here. Should we run through our picks just uh, one last time and then maybe 
make a prediction for what we actually think is going to happen on Thursday night, not necessarily based on the way this mock draft machine felt to us, but how we actually think the draft could go with our little predictions like we did last year when we both nailed Caleb Farley to the Titans. So your draft, you got Kenyon Green, Texas A&M interior offensive lineman in the first round, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver from South Alabama in the second Rashid Walker, offensive tackle with your first of two fourth-round picks. Chigozim Okwanko, the tight end from Maryland with your second fourth-round pick. Uh, Monteric Brown, the cornerback from Arkansas. Verone McKinley, the third, the safety out of Oregon. And Chris Hinton, defensive tackle from Michigan, rounding out your class. Mostly attacking the offensive side of the ball, but your last three picks all on defense with a corner, a safety, and interior D lineman. For me, I also took Kenyon Green with my first pick, Texas A&M interior O-lineman. I got Trey McBride somehow with the 90th pick in the third round, Colorado State tight end. Took Danny Gray, the wide receiver from SMU, with my first fourth round pick. And a running back, Ty Chandler, from I guess North Carolina, but also from Tennessee, with my second fourth round pick. And then I also went defense with all three of my fifth, with all three of my last three picks. Micah McFadden, the linebacker, uh... In the fifth round, Bubba Bolden, the Miami safety in the sixth round, and Michael Wright, Michael Wright, cornerback from Oregon with my last pick. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, what's the goal here? Is it to get the most good players on our team, or is it to most closely predict how the Titans will draft on uh, this weekend? What do you think? How are That's we a good question, it? and I don't even know if I have the answer for you. <laughs> I don't even know if... <laughs> Uh, I think I think it's fun to analyze it from both angles, right? Like you and I did last year, right? Who had the better picks? You're the only one who, well, you nailed two Titans last year with Farley and Weaver. I got Farley only. So I think it's fun to look at it from both angles. We talked about my Peyton Turner pick, getting a third rounder, uh, getting a, sorry, what ended up being a first rounder in the third round last year. So that just goes to show you how these mocks can certainly be all over the place, right? It's, it, it's tough to know what to expect on draft night. Uh, this year's will be just as unpredictable as ever, uh, potentially of all time, right? Based on the lack of clarity that we have at the top, you're getting rumors that Jacksonville are still considering three or four players at number one overall. Um, I'm excited to see how this is going to play out for the Titans at 26. Let's segue into our, our, our closing chapter here, uh, which is a, a prediction you talked about. Now I've been predicting Zion Johnson for a while now. I, I think you probably have as well. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to wonder if he'll make it there though. You know, I, I don't know if that's just, yeah, I don't know if that's just, you know, the, the, the smoke screens are getting to me and, and misinformation is running rampant as expected, but uh, I, I'm starting to really question if uh, Zion Johnson will make it there. I seen him go as high as 14 to the Baltimore Ravens. I saw um, that today in a mock Yeah, draft. two teams who I think will really like him. And I, I've seen this a little in mocks. It's not why I'm saying it, but they're just kind of dots I've connected myself based on scheme fit, based on need. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys will probably really like him before mm-hmm. Tennessee comes on the clock. I think, what, around 24, I think, is Dallas's pick. And then I think the New England Patriots as well at like 21, 20, 22 overall. I think that just kind of screams Patriot to me, right? I think that's a guy they'll really like uh, potentially. Now, keep in mind, I think New England also need a cornerback in a major way uh, after letting J.C. Jackson walk in free agency. So it's not like it's super obvious that they're going to go with an interior lineman. I think they'll also like Trent McDuffie and maybe Kyler Gordon there, the Washington corners, uh, New England. But Zion Johnson wouldn't shock me, right? Bit of a local connection going to Boston College. It's, it's not that far, obviously. Uh, there from New England, uh, where they play in Foxborough. So uh, 
uh, they need some, you know, they traded Shaq Mason this offseason to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a day three pick. That was a bit of a head scratcher, but you've got some needs there now. You know, he's a guy that's that that's a hard worker, you know, has proven that he's willing to, to do whatever it takes, you know, came in as a 230 pound guy at, at Davidson. So uh, I'm really starting to question if he's going to be there or not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a lot of talk about who could go. And if you're following draft coverage, Todd McShay said today that he he's hearing that no team in the top 19 has their sights set on a quarterback, which means the first quarterback wouldn't come off the board until 20, which a lot of people think would be Malik Willis to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if that's the case, you know, the more quarterbacks that go in the top 20, the more players fall to the Titans. And the opposite is, is true as well. The inverse is true. So if less quarterbacks are going, that means somebody else has to be drafted, and that could end up being Zion Johnson. Now, I've been hearing a lot about how the wide receivers is going to be an insanely wide receiver-heavy draft, and teams are kind of reacting to the inflating wide receiver market, and Daniel Jeremiah thinks seven wide receivers are going in the first round, but I kind of think that this is... I just think that as draft evaluators, draft Twitter, and people who project the draft, and fans who want their team to draft players... That collective group of people overrates offensive skill positions almost always because they're easy to understand watching a wide receiver. It's not always as easy. It's frankly uh, not as exciting and more boring to scout offensive and defensive line play than it is to scout skill position play. I mean, there's a reason fantasy football people don't have offensive linemen and defensive linemen typically in, an, in a fantasy league. So that being said, I think that the, those positions always get overrated when it comes to draft season. And running backs don't because people know by now that teams don't really draft running backs. Even if people fall in love with specific running backs like Brees Hall is being talked about as a first-round pick, I don't think any running back's going to go in the first round, even Brees Hall, even if the Bills have him potentially on the board there when they pick right before the Titans. I don't think that he's really going to be an option in the first round. But the wide receivers, my point is, wide receivers are going to fall more than people expect. And I think that that's just kind of a rule of thumb to have. And that, that doesn't mean three wide receivers won't go in the top 10 because I'm hearing reports at work today that the New York Giants love Drake London and the Atlanta Falcons also love Drake London. And a lot of people who it's been kind of thought that the Giants would pick an offensive tackle and maybe uh, an edge or a cornerback there and they're with two top seven picks. But I've been hearing at work that they really like a wide receiver. So I could see three receivers going in the top 10 to the Giants, the, the Falcons, and then the Jets at 10. Or you could see the receivers fall. So here's my prediction. And it's a little bolder because a lot of people have this guy going off the board. Most people have him going 22 to the Packers or higher. And that guy is Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. I really think he, he fits what the Titans want to do at the wide receiver position. He'd be a huge asset here. He can play in the slot or outside, which the Titans love that versatility and frankly don't have a really capable slot receiver on the roster right now. So I'm going to predict that the pick is Traylon Burks at 26. That way we're not necessarily predicting the exact same thing. And also we can predict a little bit. I can predict something that's a little more fun and exciting than an offensive lineman, even if offensive line is like more necessary to the success of an NFL team. So there we go. That's my prediction. Traylon Burks. What do you think? I think that'd be a home run pick for the Titans. I'm obviously a huge fan of Traylon Burks. I've talked about him in length 
um, you know, on this podcast throughout the last several episodes, we did our receiver preview and, and combine uh, you know, reactions. Uh, I'll say this about your receiver point. I, I, I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out on Thursday because I can see both being true. I, I agree with you um, that a lot of times we tend to overrate receivers because they're fun to scout, they're sexy to scout, quote unquote. But I also can see the opposite being true where uh, this receiver market has exploded. It's it's it, let's just call it what it is. It's it's pretty ridiculous, right? These guys are getting twenty five, thirty million dollars a year. I know the cap's going to jump up in year, uh, you know, years from now, and, and that's you know the, really just the cost of doing business. But with that being the case, guy, we saw the contract Christian Kirk got in Jacksonville. Of course, Devonta Adams is a great receiver, but we're talking about five years, one hundred forty one million, like. It wouldn't shock me if team, it's just a cheaper way of doing business, right? I mean, let's not forget, you and I have both agreed on here um, that receivers typically are one position that's able to hit the ground running at the next level, right? So when you look at it being a cheaper way of doing business for at least, you know, four, three, four years, and then they're making quick year one impacts, um, I can see an argument for, for six, seven receivers going in the first round right? Based on both sets of recent developments of these new contracts. And then guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase being first round picks and just exploding uh, in year one. So it's going to be really interesting to monitor on Thursday night. I also know a lot of people that think this class is a bit overrated, right? This receiver class that we talk about it because there are a lot of guys, but that there's a chance that none of them turn into really, you know, elite high level receivers that they're all, you know, number twos and number threes. And, and that would be interesting as well. Right. So uh, very curious to see how this all plays out on Thursday. And you never know what's a smoke screen and what's real, but you also have these reports that George Pickens is apparently not that mature. And there's a lot of, of red flags to deal with as far as his attitude and, and work ethic and off the field and stuff. And you don't know if that's teams that want to get George Pickens putting that out there so that he falls to them, or if that's a legitimate well, concern. But I will say as a Titans fan, the Titans have already picked one difficult person from the university of Georgia in the first round. And I know there's a lot of Titans fans out there who are big George Pickens fans, but if this really is true, I don't know that you take the risk on another potential head case from Georgia. Well, well, how about our dueling mock drafts, right? That's another topic I want to touch on quickly. You and I both took Kenyon Green in the first round er earlier today being Monday. Daniel Jeremiah said he's heard that Kenyon Green potentially has a knee issue that could knock him out of the first round altogether. Again, it's tough to say what's smokescreen and what's not because, you know, I think Daniel Jeremiah is extremely plugged in. I have, you know, the utmost respect for him and I got an extremely high opinion of him. This is the first we're hearing about a potential knee issue for Kenyon Green. And I heard about Kenny Pickett's, I knew what Kenny Pickett's hand size was back in October. You know, right. like there are things that I've been privy to throughout this process. And uh, and that's a new one for me on, on Kenyon Green. Certainly Daniel Jeremiah is more plugged in than I am, uh, but it just goes to show you this time of year how new information pops up on Pickens, on, on Kenyon Green. It's tough to really know what's true and what isn't, right? Just because a guy's plugged in doesn't mean uh, a GM can't feed him something that he, want, that he wants out there, right? Uh, in, in the media, so... Uh, I, I can't stress enough how excited we are for Thursday night. This was a fun dueling mock. And uh, by our next episode, uh, we'll be talking about the Titans draft class. That's right. So come back next week, everyone. We will be back next Tuesday to recap all seven or more or less picks that the Titans end up making. Because while we don't project trades in our mocks, I can guarantee you John Robinson will make at least one draft day trade. I think he's only had one draft in Tennessee as a general manager where he made zero 
in draft trades. So keep your eye out for him to move up and back and all around in this class as he looks to find the players that he is targeting. It's almost a guarantee as much as the fact that the draft will happen is that the Titans will make a trade at some point. So you'll see that notification Titans are on the clock and it's pick has been traded or someone else is on the clock and it's now the Titans are on the clock and that might not happen until Saturday, but I guarantee it'll happen at some point. Um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the draft. I will be there in Vegas. So check out my timeline for some pics and videos and stuff behind the scenes. You know where to find me at Titans Film Room. Justin covers a draft. has been interviewing guys left and right. So make sure you're following him and getting all that content at Justin M underscore NFL. Before we sign off, Justin, any last words? No, that about does it. Uh, we finally made it. Uh, enjoy draft week, friends. Yes, we did. It is here. So we'll be back next week, like we said, to recap. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.